podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. When I was uh, in college, I lived for the moment. I mean, me and my friends would go out. We'd always find crazy things to do from sneaking into concerts, karaoke competitions, bonfires on the beach. And uh, this one weekend in particular, me and a buddy of mine uh, decided we're going to go off-roading. And if you've ever been off-roading, it's just a blast. We took hours trying to find the perfect spot, like the perfect spot where we could really just like get down. And so we found this, uh, this, this kind of off-roading area, and we thought, oh, this is going to be phenomenal. So uh, we, just, we just go for it, right? Like burnouts, we're doing uh, donuts, like just crazy stuff. Like it, uh, We come up on this area, and this area is kind of a little bit muddy, but it's, but it's flat. And the worst thing that could possibly happen when you're off-roading happens we get stuck in the mud. And uh, it, was, it was horrible because it wasn't even like a cool place to get stuck in the mud. It was like one of those places where you're like, seriously, like, are we really stuck here? It's like ankle deep mud. And so immediately I started trying to be a hero and I'm going to figure out a way to get us out of this situation, right? And I'm a college student, uh, let me remind you, so I'm not going to be paying for a tow truck. I barely have enough uh, money to, to feed myself. And so I'm going to figure out a way. And so I come up with this bright idea that I'm going to push us out of the mud and so I stripped down, stripped down to my underwear, but I'm smart about it, so I leave my socks on, right, so that after I'm done, I can take off my muddy socks and go about my business. And uh, so I get out, and I, and I tell my friend, I say, okay, I'm going to yell, hit it. When I hit it, you punch the gas, and I'm just going to muscle us out with all my strength, right? So I get behind the Jeep, and I get down in position, and I'm like ready, and I say, hit it, and they hit the gas, and I'm pushing with all of my mind, and veins are popping out of my neck and my forehead, and the Jeep didn't budge. And we did this about three different times, and the Jeep isn't moving. So I try one last time. I tell him, hit it, and we, we push it. And, and, I, and I noticed something the last time, though. The last time that, I, I, that we do this, I noticed that the wheels aren't spinning. And I'm like, this is, this is impossible. It's not like we're wedged up against something. We're in ankle-deep mud. The, the, the wheels should be spinning. And it was in that moment, it was like a light bulb turned on. I had this, this epiphany, and I realized we weren't stuck at all. And sure enough, I walk around and my, my gear shift had slipped into neutral. And uh, here, I, yeah. <laughs> here I am out in the middle of nowhere in all my glory, underwear and socks, and I'm trying to push a Jeep out of the mud that wasn't stuck at all. I had taken the situation, I had taken the situation that was really, really simple, and I made it really, really complicated. Have you ever been in a situation in life that you thought, you got to the end of it and you thought to yourself, wow, I really overcomplicated that? Have you ever maybe been in a conversation with somebody and they're like crying and pouring out their heart before you and you're like, wow, you're making this way too hard. Like it is, it's not that difficult, right? I think there's something in human nature, something in our, that gives us this tendency just to overcomplicate situations. And I think the downside to all of this is at the end of those situations, we usually find ourselves worn out, right? Burdened tired and at the end of it often embarrassed like me with my underwear and socks on in the middle of nowhere have you ever been in an argument maybe and at the end of the argument you kind of like forget what you're even arguing about have you ever been at work and something happens somebody looks at you the wrong way and all of a sudden it just ruins your entire day and you're angry and you're upset i mean to the point where you like can't even eat you like have cold sweats and you and you get home and you try to tell your spouse you try to tell a friend of yours what happened and as you start talking about it you're like wow this sounds really really silly have you ever gotten to different points in your life and look back maybe on your childhood or your teenage years or as you were growing older maybe you were a young married couple or after when you had kids in the house have you ever look back and realize wow life was so simple back then i mean when you were a child and wouldn't have given anything just to be older right 
when you were a teenager and you had your first heartache, right? Your first breakup. And it seems like life was completely over, right? Have you ever gotten maybe into your college years or you, you, you were a young married couple and, uh, you know, when you were single, you would have given anything to be married, but now that you're married, you'd give anything to be single, right? Like, you're just like, if I could just go back, things were so simple back then. Or, or maybe you're, you, you know, you're a young family, you have kids, and you, could, you would, would give anything to get your kids out of the house, but once your kids got out of the house, you wished your kids were back in because you remember all the memories and the things that you have, and these special moments that you could have as a family. When we look back on life, I think we all kind of have this tendency to think, wow, it really wasn't as hard as I made it. And so for the next several weeks, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about things in life that we complicate, things like our purpose, things like our pursuits, things like our relationships. And today specifically, I want to talk about our life. In the book of John 10.10, in the Amplified Version, it says this. It says, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and to destroy. Uh, Jesus says this, though, that I came that they may have and enjoy life. And have it in abundance, to the full, till it overflows. Uh, at the end of it, uh, another translation that actually says it like this. says, a better life than they ever dreamed of. When I read this, I think this is very interesting because uh, for those of us that have faith in God, that have placed our faith in Christ, I think we'd all come to terms with and, and would be in agreement upon the fact that Jesus came to give us life. But a lot of times when we think about that life, we think about eternal life, right? That we have this ability to connect with God, and it's beautiful. This ability to connect with God, not based upon our works, but based upon how God is. What's interesting about this scripture, though, is it takes a step further. It's not just talking about eternal life. He says, I've come that they may have, but not just have, that they may enjoy life. And that they would have that enjoyment in abundance to the full, till it overflows, a life better than you've ever dreamed of. We look at Jesus, right, in the, in the, in the book of Matthew, uh, in, in the Phillips translation, it says this. It says, then the Son of Man, talking about Jesus, the Son of Man came, and he came enjoying life. And it was this enjoyment of life that made people say this. Look, a drunkard, a glutton, the bosom friend of a tax collector. You know it's serious business when somebody calls you a bosom friend of somebody, right? That's like serious business. The bosom friend of a tax collector and a sinner, Jesus came, Jesus, right? So Jesus is the person that in our lives, man, we try our best. If I could just be a little bit more like Jesus every day, I know my life will get better. So Jesus comes and Jesus comes and he says, I've come not only enjoying life myself, but I've come to give life and to enable people to enjoy life. I don't know about you, but I struggle with this because when I look at my life, when I look at my work week, there's so many different things in my life that I think are really unenjoyable. I come against my situations, I come against the mountains that I'm facing in life, and it's like, how am I supposed to enjoy these things, these situations, and why? Because we're stressed, we're burdened, right? We have real problems. We have wives and husbands and children and parents that need to be fixed, right? We have bills that need to be paid, right? We have a progression of life that we desire to have. Did you know that 60%, 60% of human illness and disease is caused by stress? This burden in life, 60% of illness and disease in our society. Do you know that 10%, 10% of strokes are caused by work-related stress alone? Did you know that three out of four doctor visits, they're stress-related? Wow. 50%, 50% of Americans say that they lay awake at night due to stress. And you know what that's caused? Actually, 50 million prescriptions go out every year for sleeping pills so that people can just sleep 
through the night. Why? We're stressed. We're burdened. And you know that science continues to prove that this stress, these burdens that we, that we carry, this sense of uh, unhappiness and this lack of enjoyment, it actually alters our DNA. It actually changes our personality and weakens our immune system. Isn't that crazy? And yet, you know what the number one New Year's resolution this last year was? Over, I want to lose weight, over, I want my relationship with my spouse to be better. The number one New Year's resolution was to enjoy life to its fullest. You see, none of us really want to be this way. When we come face to face with life, when we come face to face with our problems, man, it just sucks the enjoyment out of life. In the book of Proverbs 17.22, in the message translation, God kind of challenges our thinking or kind of gives this reminder to us. He says, a cheerful disposition is good for your health. Another translation says that laughter, laughter is good like a medicine. A cheerful disposition is good for your health. But gloom and doom, this burden that we carry in life, this lack of enjoyment, it leaves you bone tired. You ever gotten to the end of your week and man, you like worked hard all week, but you feel like you haven't accomplished anything. You're like just worn out and tired. You look, it's like, man, I haven't even really done that much. I'm just exhausted, right? We carry these pressures. We carry these burdens. But Bible says just enjoying life, laughter, a cheerful disposition, it's good for your health. You know, actually, science is backing this up. It, it, it tells us that, that just laughing a little bit, if you just laugh and smile, that it actually relieves physical pain. Like, literally relieves physical pain, laughter. Not just that, but it, it strengthens your immune system. It gives you the ability to fight off disease uh, better. It changes your attitude. I think parents know this, right? Have you ever had a kid that's in a really bad mood and they're grumpy and right? What do you try to do? You try to tickle them, right? Well, you try to tickle them and cheer them up. Why? Because you know if you can get them to laugh that their attitude will change. You know, I think we come to terms with this and it's really inspiring and it's really exciting and wow, God really wants this for us. But how? How do I enjoy life when I have real problems? I want to go so far to say this morning that God does just not expect us to enjoy life. I believe that God has created us to enjoy life. Why is this important? Why does this matter? Because all of us in our lives are seeking something, and that something is called fulfillment. We want that, that sense of, I'm okay. When we lay our heads down on our pillows at night, we want to take that deep breath and feel fulfilled. And we can never begin to feel fulfilled in our life until we identify the reason for which we were made. I believe God is not just giving us the option or the opportunity to enjoy life. I believe we were designed to enjoy life. I'm fascinated. When you look back in the book of Genesis, right, the creation story, God makes Adam and Eve, and he puts them in the garden. He makes all of these extraordinary things, right, the birds of the heavens, the fish of the water. He makes the land, and, and he puts all of these beasts that are roaming, right, and he gives, gives Adam and Eve these few commands. He tells them to be fruitful and to multiply, and you're going to have dominion, and then he kind of wraps it up by saying this, and then there's going to be trees, and there's going to be fruit on them, there's going to be things, and I want you to eat. My question is, why were Adam and Eve eating? Most of us would say, well, they needed to survive, but this is before death ever existed. There was no such thing as death. There was no such thing as, oh, I'm going to starve if I don't eat. Adam and Eve, man was not eating to evade death. Man was eating to enjoy life. God placed man into the garden. He said, here's all of these things, and I want you to eat. I want you to enjoy yourself, not because you have to, but because I've created you for enjoyment. 
And I think this is really, really difficult for us to understand in our modern society, in our modern culture, because we see the enjoyment of life as the opposite of a life devoted to God. <laughs> Don't we? Don't we? I mean, don't we say things like, oh, I'm, I'm just living my life, I'm doing my thing, but once I'm done doing my thing, then I'll get serious and I'll come to God. Have you ever heard that before? I, I'm, I'm just taking this time, you know, it's just, I'm just not ready for that because I know when I come to God, I need to be serious, right? And be, maybe, maybe when I have kids, maybe when I have kids, I'll make sure my kids get, get into church so that I can be a good parent. And what we've done is we've taken our spirituality and we've separated it from reality. We've taken our spiritual lives and we've separated it from our natural lives. And this is extremely dangerous, This is extremely dangerous for both groups of people because when we separate our spiritual lives from our natural life, you have a person that's far from God and they'll never make a journey towards God because they feel like they can't do enough to get God to accept them because they're not spiritual enough. And then you take the person who is is with God and, and they believe that their works, the things that they do, that makes them spiritual. And so we have this egotistical understanding that somehow now that God has forgiven me for my past, it's okay, God, I got it. I can handle my future because I'm good enough now. My question to you is, what makes you spiritual? What makes us spiritual? Is it the fact that we pray? Is it the fact that we fast? Is it the fact that we don't laugh at dirty jokes? Is it the fact that we're really, really moral? No. What makes you spiritual is the fact that you exist, that God created you as a spirit. And because God created you as a spirit, you are spiritual. You don't have to try to act spiritual. You don't have to I'll be serious all the time and, oh, I've just been seeking the Lord, trying to figure out what God's doing in my life, and we, can, we carry this heavy burden. God never intended it for it to be that way. I don't, have to act to, I don't have to act like I'm human, do I? Why? Why would you say you don't have to act like you're human? Why? Because you are human. This is the journey that we kind of go on in life. God never intended you to separate your spiritual life from your natural life. Because when was, human, when was humanity at its most spiritual state? When it was created, Right? When Adam and Eve, Eve were created, and yet in, in their most spiritual state, they were eating for enjoyment. What I'm saying today is that enjoyment is as spiritual as what you would see as acts of devotion. The enjoyment of life is something you were created for, and I want us all to see this today, that the enjoyment of life is as spiritual as prayer. Is it more important? No. Is it as important? Yes. God has created you, and I think that if we could ever come to terms with this, that we could learn to be present with our families, and we could see these opportunities for community, that we could be at a barbecue, and that barbecue could be just as spiritual as a prayer service. Why? Why? Because this is how God has created us. He never made you to separate your spiritual life from your natural life. You don't have to try. You are spiritual. So why is it so hard for us to enjoy life? If that's true, and, and it's not just an opportunity, but God actually designed me for it. That's hard to even believe, huh? That's hard to even grab. I want you to hear that today. God designed you. Part of your design is for enjoyment. Why is it hard for us? There's a couple things I want to talk about. The first one I think is guilt. I think guilt is a major one that keeps us from enjoying life. I think guilt due to our past Right? There's things that we've done, and because we've done these things, we think that we should have to pay our entire life for the things that we've done. I can't enjoy life. Are you kidding? If people only knew what I've done, right? If they only knew, if they ever found out, man, my life would be over, and so we live with this burden. I can't enjoy life because of what I've done, but God doesn't see you that way. The Bible says when we come to God and we place our faith in Christ, the old us is done away with. That a new life 
is born. That we don't have to be victims to our past anymore. We don't have to live with that guilt. We have guilt due to our loss, right? Due to our loss. Maybe, maybe even like a, a person, a, 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 the separation of a relationship. Maybe you lost a relationship with your mom or your dad or your brother or si- your sister. Or maybe it's actually a physical loss. Maybe you've lost somebody in your lives and it's hard for you to enjoy life because you feel like somehow enjoying life today diminishes the enjoyment you had with that person when they were alive with you. And so you hold on to that. And how can I go on and how can I move on when I carry this guilt that if I enjoy life, I'm somehow diminishing the enjoyment I had with my lost loved one? Maybe you're somebody who served in the military for people that will never understand Never understand and never appreciate the sacrifices that you made for them. And maybe today it's hard for you to be present and hard for you to be with your family because every time you try to enjoy life, all you can think of is your brothers and sisters abroad that are fighting and you think, I should be with them. And we carry this guilt and it keeps you from the reason for which you were made. Guilt, guilt to do for, uh, due to what, what needs to be done. Maybe you're a business owner. Maybe you're a workaholic. Maybe, maybe you've just always been trained, come on, up and at them, let's go, let's do this. Come on, business isn't going to build itself. We're always driven. We think about everything that has to be done, and we can never unplug, and we can never be present. We can never go out uh, to dinner with our wife or our husband and just be in the moment. Why? Because we're riddled with guilt. We're covered with guilt, the guilt of what needs to be done, and we can never just have an evening at home with the kids. Why? Because I should be working. I should be doing something. I should be doing something. I can't ever have a moment for me. I carry this guilt. In the book of Matthew eleven twenty eight, it says this. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out even on religion? He says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. I love this part. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. What in your life today feels forced? In our culture, right, it's all about the grind. Rise and grind. God has created you for so much more than a grind. What if we could learn to live in these unforced rhythms of grace? What feels forced in your life? Is it your job? Is it your family? Is it your marriage? Huh? What are the things that feel heavy and burdensome? This is what God says. I won't lay anything. This is what God says to you. Okay, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. If you're feeling heavy things in your life, burdensome things, I can guarantee you 100% they're not from God. If your faith for you has become a burden, man, it's got to be better. I'm never going to get this. I just got to be better. I got to try. I got to try again. And you allow your faith to be burdensome to you. Your relationship with God to be heavy. It's not from God. Because God says he will never put anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. That should be freeing to you today. He says this. He says, keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. What a life. What if we could take the lives that we have now and get it to mirror this passage of scripture? Right? Then when people described us like they did Jesus, that they would say, Nick, he comes enjoying life. What would life be like? I think the second reason we resist enjoying life and why it's difficult for us is because we don't see anything to enjoy. We think there's nothing to enjoy. Due to our, our situation, right? We look at the situations that we have. How can I enjoy when my marriage is falling apart? When I don't have enough money, when my kids are being crazy, I have nothing to enjoy. Not just the situations that we're facing today, 
But I think this, this fear of situations that may come, right? What if the stock market crashes? What if I lose my job? Right? What if somebody gets elected into political office that I don't want to be elected to political office and our country goes down? What if, what if, what if, what if? And we allow these situations to enable us and put us in a position where we think there's just nothing to enjoy. I think sometimes we think there's nothing to enjoy due to the misdeeds of others. Things that have happened to you. Maybe you've been abused. Maybe you've been taken advantage of. Uh, uh, maybe sexually. Right? Maybe you've been taking take advantage of somebody abused you verbally. Maybe actually physically. And because of that, it's become your identity. Right? And it's like this cloud that just kind of hangs over your head. And because of what was done to you, I'll never be able to enjoy life. You know what? It wasn't fair. That shouldn't have happened to me. Why am I in this situation? We allow it to keep us from the enjoyment of life. Hear me today. It wasn't fair. You didn't do it. It's not your fault. But don't allow that situation that happened to you to keep you from the reason for which you were made. Sometimes I think it's hard for us to see things to enjoy in life. We think there's nothing to enjoy due to our status. Right? The things that we have, the possessions that we have, the money that we don't have. Maybe you're somebody who's budgeted right for years and you've tried to get ahead, but you still are living paycheck to paycheck. You're like, when will it never end? And if I just have this, then I'd be happy, right? We live with this when, when I get this, when I get that, when I'm there, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be able to really enjoy life mentality. We allow it to keep us from the enjoyment God has designed us for. In the book of Philippians, in the message translation, chapter 4, it says this. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, and gracious. Meditate or think on, find the best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Put, put into practice what you learned from me. What you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent Harmonies. You see, sometimes in life, it's difficult to find the good. And there's always going to be a million reasons why you shouldn't enjoy life. But I want to encourage you today to look for the one reason why you should. Maybe for you today, maybe it's nothing more than the fact that you woke up today. The thousands of people that didn't get a chance at life today, guess what? You're here. And that should bring encouragement to your soul that God's not done with you. He's not done with your family. He's not done with your situation. There's a plan and a purpose for your life. Sometimes we have to stop and say, God, okay, things in my life are not the way that I want them to be. But I will praise you regardless, God, and I will stop. And I will find something to enjoy. I refuse to allow my situation to deceive me into thinking that there's nothing to enjoy. The fact that you are loved unconditionally despite your past, despite your present, despite your future. That's a reason to rejoice. That's a reason to enjoy the life that God has given you. To be able to stop and to be able to say, okay, this situation sucks, but I'm going to find something. I'm going to find something. Instead of being negative all the time and just talking about my problems, I choose because I was designed to enjoy life. I'm going to find something to enjoy today. Solomon, the Bible says that Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived. And at the end of his life, um, he writes something, and I think it's fascinating. Why is this man who ever lived? And he, write, he writes this to, the, to us in the book of Ecclesiastes. He says this. Okay, this is his conclusion. He says, I have concluded. 
I have concluded that there is nothing better for people. There's nothing better for people than to be happy and to enjoy themselves as long as they live. Solomon concluded this. There's nothing better. There's nothing better. There's nothing better for you than to be happy and enjoy the life that you have as long as you live. And also that everyone should eat and drink. And then he says this, and find enjoyment in all of his toil. Even when things seem like work, even when things happen in life that we don't understand, that he would find enjoyment in all of his toil. Because these, these things, this ability to enjoy life when things are good, and this ability to find enjoyment even when things feel like work, these things are a gift from God. It's a gift from God to be able to find enjoyment despite your circumstance. I love how he keeps on going with this theme. He like keeps bringing it up as he's kind of writing. And uh, he goes on in, in chapter 8. And he says it again. He says, so I recommend, guys, I recommend the enjoyment of life. People have nothing better to do under the sun than to eat and drink and enjoy themselves. Because he says this, this joy that comes from enjoying life will stay with them while they work hard during their brief lives which God has given them. This ability to enjoy life produces a joy in your life. Why? Because it's the reason, it's a big reason that you were made. And this joy that then is birthed into your heart and enables you to get through even the difficult times in life. I like this reminder here. It says, during their brief lives which God has given them. Seems like the older I get, and people in here today that are, that are older than me, you probably feel this way, but it seems like the older I get, just the faster life goes. It's like time just disappears, and it's like, whoa, like another year has gone by. I'm reminded, just as the scripture reminds us, you know, today, we're a day closer to the end of our lives than we've ever been. I don't think that should be scary, but in, in, in our culture, I mean, you know what's really popular right now? These people that get, like, death diagnosis, you're going to be dying in a week, and it's all about living, right? I'm going, to, I'm going to make the most of my life now. I'm going to live like I'm dying. What if we could live every day like that? What if really we could see life for what it is? It's just a small part of our journey with God. What if we could slow down and breathe and say, wow, God, this life is not just about work. It's not just about what I can accomplish and what I can achieve, but you have created me to enjoy the gift, the gift of life so many don't get to enjoy so many that lose their life early what if we could live our lives like we were dying what if we could seize every opportunity as an opportunity to grow in God through relationship hanging out with friends that it was just as spiritual as coming to church on Sunday morning huh? what would it be like I guess this is my challenge to all of us if you're here and you're a young person you're a teenager slow down Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the singleness of life. Enjoy the life that God has given you now. Enjoy the lack of responsibility that you have today. It's coming. Be in the moment. Enjoy today. For the young person, college student, man, you're just wondering if I could just get done with this, if I could just get through school, if I could just get this and get on to my real life, get on to my real job, I just get past this and then maybe find somebody to fall in love with and get married. Listen, it's, it's coming. Stop. Enjoy. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the journey. For the young married couple without kids, enjoy the time you have together. Kids will come. You don't have to get anywhere fast. You don't have to be pressured by culture. Be in the moment. Enjoy the beauty of the life that God has given you today. Parents with kids, this is the season of life that I'm in. Slow down. Enjoy your kids. 
Enjoy your kids. I, for me, it's like, man, I got to, I got to take more breaks. I got to stop. I got to put the work down. I got to put the phone down. I got to put everything else down. I got to be present because you know what? What will be like that forever? Those of you in the latter part of your life, and you've had a great life, and you look back now. Here's my encouragement to you: Don't slow down. Just because you're in the end of your life does not mean that life is over. I hear people say, "Well, I've had a good life. You know, I can't complain. Life has been good. You know, but I'm old." No, no, no. There is life to be enjoyed for you today. I don't know what that looks like for you. Go for a walk in a park. Go watch a sunset or a sunrise. Watch birds in your garden. Do whatever you need to do to enjoy life. If you're somebody here today, maybe you can't walk very well. You're in a, have somebody push you, put you into a, a position where you can just take in fresh air. Because the fact that you're alive today means that there is more life for you to enjoy. Life may be different, but life is not over. In your life today, in your life today, because it's the reason that Jesus came. Jesus did not just come to secure your eternity in heaven. Jesus came so that you could enjoy life today. John ten ten, right? We read it and we we opened up. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. This is so much more than just coming to ruin your day and pop your tires on the way to work, right? What he's wanting to do is he's wanting to distract you, to suck the enjoyment out of life, so that you'll be stressed and you'll be burdened every day of your life. This is what the thief comes to do. But Jesus says, "I have come." You may not only have life, but that you may enjoy life, and that you would have that enjoyment in abundance to the full till it overflows, a better life than you ever, than you ever dreamed of. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.